I'm a big believer in mantras or slogans in order to ingrain an idea or philosophy into my mind. Just think about the biggest brands in the world. They use slogans to sell their message to their customers, to get them to buy their product. It works for them, so why not use the same psychology to sell an idea to yourself? In this episode, we look at some daily reminders to add to your arsenal of motivational mantras, which you might find useful to help you on the right path, especially when you're feeling like life's punching bag. Hey, Matthew Norrie here, the host of the Happy Habit Podcast. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Even if it was purely by accident, we talk health and well-being in two 10-minute episodes every Monday and Thursday. The Happy Habit Podcast archive has almost 160 episodes. And if you like what you hear, join listeners in over 110 countries in subscribing and sharing. Okay, so daily reminders. Life is hard. Accept this truth. In the same way that it's a struggle for a chick to peck its way through the egg, life is a struggle. Sometimes the wind can be at your back and you feel as if you have gotten this business of life licked. And all of a sudden, life trips you up and you fall on your face. Recognize that this is not personal. The universe doesn't really care about your feelings. It is simply the random way of things. So don't take it to heart. I have railed against perceived injustices thrown at me, stalling my progress or contentment. But it's at that point I have to remind myself that, look, life is hard. It comes with its challenges. We don't necessarily have to love the hard times, but fighting them, resisting them and venting constantly about the unfairness is pointless. Life is hard, accept it, because once you accept it, your mindset shifts. You acknowledge the problem you are faced with in that moment, and then you start to look around the problem. You begin to look at your options. You start to look for solutions. Be kind. Kindness is amazing because it's one of those universal things that is totally free. It's free to give away and it's free to receive. It has no conditions like a price tag or time limit attached. When we show kindness towards another, we are thinking not of ourselves. We are giving something to someone else, even if they didn't ask for our act of kindness. In fact, many acts of kindness catch the receiver completely off guard. This is in fact what gives kindness its power. But even more so, it's the fact that we don't seek anything in return. It's merely enough for us to know that this person has gained from our act of generosity. The unintended result of all of this is that we actually feel lifted too. Volunteering, giving of your time and energy to other people who benefit from your act of kindness has routinely been recognised as one of the best things you can do for your own mental health. Being a giver of kindness enhances our own well-being and contentment. We, in that moment, place our own egos and selfish considerations to one side in favour of another person. This act of kindness elevates the receiver's well-being directly, 
but also elevates the givers indirectly. Essentially, what you would call a win-win. Overthinking is not problem-solving and is entirely counterproductive. I presume you have chewed chewing gum at one point. The thing about gum is you can chew it literally for hours and the only thing you get for all of that chewing is, well, a sore jaw. The actual state of the gum itself doesn't change. You can't break it down into smaller pieces as you chew because, well, it's gum and it's designed not to dissolve in your mouth. So if you're trying to alter the state of the gum, well, it's a completely futile exercise. Overthinking is exactly the same, completely futile. But we do it anyway, because our brains like to laser in on any danger that we may think is around the corner. And our brains are also designed to constantly think thoughts. So if you marry something that is designed to constantly think with something obsessed with danger, guess what you have? Yes, overthinking. If you want to address overthinking, get out a pen and paper and start analysing your problem constructively. Now, it's a cliche, but yes, write down the pros and the cons of the problem that you are overthinking. Write down what your options are. What steps can you take to resolve the problem? It's only when we force ourselves to see thoughts on a page that we start thinking constructively and actually start tackling the subject of our overthinking. Otherwise, like the gum being chewed or like clothes in a washing machine on an endless cycle, our thoughts will simply go round and around and around and will inevitably be steeped in a but-what-if negativity. Take control of overthinking by writing your thoughts or problems down on paper. What other people think of you is none of your business. This is a challenge, especially in an age when, as a result of social media, everyone and their dog has the ability to broadcast their opinion to the entire world. But someone's opinion is not fact. It's their opinion to which they are completely entitled. Indeed, other people may agree with this person's opinion, but again, it's simply their opinions. And what are opinions? They are thoughts. They are convictions. Yes, but merely abstract things that cannot be physically touched or held in your hand. In other words, someone's opinion might be valid for them, but it doesn't mean it's reality for me. So someone you're talking with thinks you're completely wrong about where you stand on, I don't know, say vaccinations. They call you an idiot for holding your opinion on vaccinations. And we won't say what that opinion is, it's irrelevant. Simply to say that they hold the opposite opinion to you and criticise you for holding your opinion. So what? Let them hold their opinion about you. They are entitled to their opinion. You would be completely foolish to take their criticism of you to heart. It's none of your business what they think of you or your opinion. You are as entitled to your voice and to your opinion as much as the next person. If that person chooses to criticise you because you don't share their opinion, even after you have explained your reasoning, it's futile for you to try to win them over for the sake of winning them over. What other people think of you is entirely up to them. Your job is not to win people over and justify your existence. Stop waiting for life to begin. It seems we are constantly looking ahead. Oh, I can't wait for six o'clock and work is over. 
or I can't wait until the weekend, or I can't wait until my holidays arrive. The clock is always ticking. We should be striving to live a life where we are enjoying more moments than we seem to endure. If we are in a job, for example, that does not fulfil us and we are clock-watching from the minute we start our shift, then we are not living as we should be. Yes, we need to make money, absolutely. But who says we have to suffer while we make our money? Life began the minute you were born. Time is passing whether you want it to or not and whether you are enjoying life or not. It's your duty to yourself to spend your time in the best way you possibly can. If you're not doing that, if you're constantly wishing your life away because you aren't content in the here and the now, then your most important objective is to find a life for you that sees you get as much value out of life as is possible. Weekends and holidays and one-off events should not be the only highlights for us. Every day should be a highlight. So instead of waiting for life to begin, acknowledge that it actually already began and you are already in the second or third quarter of the game. Invest all of your energy into getting everything you can out of life in the here and the now. Stop waiting for life to begin. And certainly stop waiting for the weekend. Well, thank you for listening to this edition of the Happy Habit Podcast. Until next time, stay happy. (music) 